Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Indeed. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Hey, we have an emergency. What is your location? Today we're going to be talking with Dr. Michael Lake about understanding the dynamics of the kingdom. And before we get started, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you are God, that you are good, that you are in control, that all things, Lord God, will submit and bow to you. And we thank you that we pray and declare that we will do your will this day in and on this earth as it's being done and declared in heaven, that your will be done, that your kingdom come. We thank you, Lord, for giving us in the audience today eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth, truly rightly dividing your holy word, giving us understanding. May we speak as the oracles of God with your anointing. May this radio show flow with the information uh, uh, and the understanding that you want the revelation of Jesus Christ, that you want us to have, Lord God. We also thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach to your people. Lord God, those who are listening to their families, to all that pertains to them, to us, to our health, safety, and our traveling, our vehicles, our finances, our property, the work of our hands, and our walk with you, Lord God, that all of this is done for your glory. And Father, we thank you that you have given us authority and power over all the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us to, for, to bind, to loose, and to forgive. So we bind the powers of darkness that would try to mess with this show. Uh, we loose the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Jesus, Son of God, that you are the faithful witness. And we come, uh, if I may say this, Lord God, proud to serve you. And so, God, give us wisdom now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning, Dr. Michael Lake. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you this morning? <laughs> well, after my little, you know, battle in the heavenlies I was telling you about a few minutes ago when the devil ticked me off, I'm, go- I'm good. <laughs> I yeah, mean, every once in a while you have to have a little go-, go at it with them, you know, so you can realize what this is all about again. So, um, I remember there was one evangelist that had a song and it was, you know, basically killing ants for Jesus because sometimes in ministry... <laughs> It's the little ants that drive you crazy. Oh, I know, and it's while we're killing the ants, the house burns down. But, you know, um, that's not what God has in mind. So today we're going to be talking about understanding the dynamics of the kingdom. We're talking about which kingdom, Dr. Michael Lake? Actually, we're going to talk about both of them because you have to understand your enemy as much as you understand the kingdom that you're a part of. Yeah, well, and, before you start any further, what about people who don't believe there is a battle or a demon or a kingdom of darkness or a heaven or a hell? What about that? Is that kind of sets you up in a bad position? Not really, because even when you look at uh, secular things, the, the secularization of, of society, mm-hmm. what, what, what's interesting is you, you set that back within that backdrop and we have people like that are totally secular, that are mm-hmm. like leaders in the UN and everything, yet at the same time they're all calling for the knowledge of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's mm-hmm. found in Genesis 3, and mm-hmm. and it's, it's an Luciferian initiative. So they, they mm-hmm. dismiss the Bible. They, they say there's no God, there's no devil, or mm-hmm. anything else, but yet they're still seeking the very thing the Bible talks about because they want that promise of Godhood. You, you really can't yeah. have it both ways. 
So it, within yeah. that secular backdrop, they're actually validating everything else the Bible says. Wow, that's very interesting. And yet they're blind in the midst of doing that. Because um, oh, I, I was thinking the other day of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and exactly what you just said, uh, the knowledge of, the, uh, of, of, of good and evil, but n- the, there wasn't a giving of the knowledge of good from evil, a difference between good and evil in, in their hearts and minds. They just were exposed to everything and everything became sort of equal. But, you know, the devil from the beginning promised godhood to Eve, didn't he? It was kind of interesting. You shall be like God. And as you mentioned, they're still seeking that ascending uh, self-actualization, uh, becoming like God. But Satan, in all all of his years here, has not yet even fulfilled a little bit on his promise because they're still all struggling, striving, trying, seeking, working. And yet the Lord God has already fulfilled the biggest half of his promise, which was to send the Redeemer. He got that done 2,000 years ago. And so he's keeping his promise and the devil is still working his people with a carrot, you know, kind of fall, you know, chasing the carrot kind of thing. Um, so tell me more about this kingdom of darkness. Give us a little bit of a, a perspective and then take it where you want to take it in terms of these two kingdoms and we'll follow you. Yeah, what I want to do is kind of a Paul Harvey. You know, if you don't understand the beginning of a story, you know, you're <laughs> reading it and you jump at the back half of it and you don't know who yeah. the characters are. And we, we kind yeah. of do that with a new, yeah. uh, you know, when we look at God, when he created man, he created him in his image. And most people don't mm-hmm. even know what that means, that there's something so unique within man that no other part of creation has it, that no angel has it. And mm-hmm. that image on the inside of us actually gives us our conscience. It enables us to connect with God, connect to the world around us. And when God created Adam, he set him in a perfect paradise. In fact, you know, the Bible talks about heaven being a paradise or an Eden. And so what Mm -hmm. God did is God literally created a small heaven that had everything that you could imagine in it. Mm. Even in this technological age, he had everything to, I mean, the gold, the platinum, all the rare, you know, minerals that we would even need to make technology today. All that was available to him there. He had everything he needed, but God didn't call that the blessing. He set him in the midst of that, and then God spoke words of dominion and authority Mm -hmm. over him. And God said, now that's the blessing. That, 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 was, that, was, that was God's spoken word seated into the heart of man. Mm-hmm. And so God places him there, and God actually gives him stuff to do. Uh, uh-huh. in, the, in Genesis 2, uh, 15 through 17, you know, he said, now, he, he, you know, he, first of all, he, he gives Adam, you know, good commandments, you know, go and take dominion, do all these things, be blessed, you know, multiply, replenish the earth, which were all mm-hmm. commandments of God. And there was only one negative commandment. Oh, this one tree don't eat because it'll mess you up real bad. Yeah. Even before the fall, there were many positive commandments and just one negative one. But then he goes on to say that he set man in the garden to dress and to keep it. And we read Mm -hmm. right over that to King James and don't understand what it means. The word dress it is abad in Hebrew, which means to work, to labor, that he was put there to to do something in the earth. He had purpose. And you see that purpose. And and the joy that comes from having purpose is directly connected to God speaking in your life and the life of God flowing through you, unrestricted, brought uh, brought pleasure, it brought purpose, it brought joy. Uh, In fact, that same word later on was used both for the Levitical order and for the Kohanim or the the, the priesthood that ministered to God, and that whenever they served God, they abed God. And so, you know, God says, I'm putting you here to serve me. You've got a purpose, man. You've got authority. I've given you blessing. And then the other one was to to keep the garden, which mm-hmm. which which is shamar, which means to be a watchman over it. 
And so, you know, here, you know, there's something bad that could come in, but I'm, I'm giving you authority. I'm speaking dominion over you and, and all these things so that you can, you can be watchful over it and, and to keep these things out and to make sure you, you stay within all these awesome positive commandments that I gave you because those positive commandments give you dominion. It gives you authority. It releases the provision that I have provided in my kingdom for you to access as you move in them. Mm-hmm. So God so, had really set it up according to everything that they needed. Absolutely. Everything, mm-hmm. Even beyond what they could comprehend that they would need. Right. So then what, what happened? What happened to the, why did this good thing go bad? What happened? There, there's a being that the uh, that in the Hebrew is called Nechesh, which is N A C H A S H, the Nechesh, which we we later on you know became identified with a snake or a serpent, but mm-hmm. that that word also means a a shining one. It was a seraphim that had fallen with Lucifer. There's there's no way that we can extrapolate from Scripture itself that it was Lucifer. It may it could have been, although he's called a cherub, and sometimes they're used interchangeably in, in, in mm-hmm. the Old Testament. But he came promising something else. What? He, okay, he so all, you know, what the did first he thing promise? He, yeah, he, 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 first of all, he questioned the motives of God. Okay. You know, God set you in absolute paradise. He gave you authority. He gave you blessing. And, man, you have it as good as it can get. But, you know, God really is kind of nefarious about this because he has an, <laughs> an ultimate plan. I'm thinking, well, this go, I'll sign me up for it because I don't care because it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But they yeah, right. And and you, you see when, when when you look at creation, and you look at how it was created, everything in our reality and even within our being starts with something spiritual. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. God spoke to man; He breathed into man, and so it always starts out in the spirit. And as we commune with something in the spirit, it helps empower our soul and our bodies to do things in this physical universe. That's interesting, which it, you said that everything starts in the spirit or the spiritual and empowers our soul and our body. And you suppose that's why so many people these days are even, this is maybe a little bit off, but I don't want to get off, but they're seeking the supernatural empowering, but they're going to the other power source because their bodies and their souls don't have the energy or the strength or the endurance to do what they are you know, built to do. And so they're now... Uh, tempted to use satan's uh kind of you know his counterfeit substitutes uh is that what that is for you is that is that how that works unless you've dealt with the cross and the message of the gospel you can't have access to the good so there's this Mm -hmm. there's this almost instinctual craving yeah that we have because we know that to really fulfill we have to have this inspiration we have to have we have to be connected to the spiritual power source for us mm-hmm. to re- really move and do what we're supposed to do. And what the Nakesh offered was another source. So, yeah, another power source. That's, that's what I define witchcraft as, is the other power source, because, you know, it comes yeah. out of I've got to do it myself. Well, if you take God out of the equation and his empowering and his fatherhood and his, his, his direction and his comfort and protection and all that, you are alone. You've got to do it yourself. And so people, if they don't believe there's a devil, then they really do believe I'm on my own. Now, some people have admitted they go to Satan. They are Satanists. They seek him in very specific ways um, as the counter power source. But um, isn't this kind of instinctual craving uh, to do good, to know, have purpose, to, 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 to dress the garden, isn't that 
really an, a, a way of, of um, uh, supporting the idea that we are made in the image of God. Yeah. I mean, that's and, it's kind of a buried image, maybe. It's, it's covered over, but it's still, that's how we got here. Made in that, the image that's of how God. we got here. And that image, what's interesting is that image speaks. Because yeah. um, R.T. Kendall in the Systematic Theology, and he's dealing after the fall of man, he says, now even that image that has been marred with sin still speaks to us. And uh-huh. it's called the conscience. You know, it, okay, it'll prick good. us. But it, it's it's not as effective as it should be because we we need to be born again because when when Adam and Eve basically took of the fruit, it's something mm-hmm. they internalized that they said okay uh, you know it, it's almost to the 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 closest thing that we have uh, mm-hmm. to this is either when someone joins Freemasonry or a witch joins a coven they literally go through this ritual and what's interesting is the first degree of freemasonry and the mm-hmm. first degree of becoming a witch it's identical word for word step for step the same ritual mm-hmm. and basically it's saying all my light is now going to come from lucifer this this is the right. altar that i come to and this mm-hmm. is where i'm going to get all my revelation i choose to connect into this power source yeah yeah and that's what adam and eve did in the garden when they did uh, he died spiritually, and died spiritually simply means he was cut off from the power source of God. Mm-hmm. Now, something else was embedded in him. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, before he fell, he, he, was, he was basically already eating the fruit of good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good but fruit, when he, but when he sinned, he infected himself with the knowledge of evil with no way of being able to separate which one is which. Okay, that's good. Well, you see, what, what Paul talks about in Romans 7 is who he says uh, who will deliver me from this body of death, and uh, in Romans six he calls it a body of sin. So body of sin and death. I I call that programming demonic programming called the body of death. So Satan basically, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, he Satan was then permitted to override God's conscious, the uh, image of God stuff put in them. Uh, the operating system, if you will, and he downloaded in this body of death operating program into their soul, which is a place where they make their decisions, mind, will, and emotions. And I, th- I think what you explained about the conscience is so good because I've always wondered how does the conscience fit into this? And what it is is it's a dull, if you, you can explain it probably better, I'm just hearing this, uh, a dull kind of, uh, just a dull light that's kind of left sort of flickering to recognize this is bad, this isn't good, whatever. And um, Satan actually uses the conscience of man, made in the image of God, to make man feel very guilty for sinning, and then, of course, judges him and brings all these demonic uh, judgments upon him, which causes man's life to just go down, down, down. And I think, um, you know, people don't recognize, if you don't believe that you're made in the image of God, uh, this, Dr. Like, what does this do? This begins to create, a, like, made, like, the depravity of man theory, doctrine, whatever it is, Calvinism, whatever. How does this, I mean, don't go there far because I want to stay on your topic, but this is a mess, isn't it? I mean, if you don't know that you're made in the image of God, what do you come back to? I mean, what's God's process? Isn't this process to bring us back to made in his image, to oh, redeem? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so you know, we, we have man infected in the garden. He's cut off from direct relationship with God. Now it's kind of superficial. You know, mm-hmm. God says, okay, you know, you can do the blood sacrifice, and, and that will help kind of restore where I can come on the outside 
and, you know, kind of fellowship with you, visit with you, but you still have the nekesh on the inside of your head that's talking all the time and he's teaching you and everything. Now, the blood sacrifice can, uh, you know, kind of dull that down. Yeah, that's the whole dichotomy between Cain and Abel when God says, you know, we'll go back and do what's right because the sin's knocking at the door. Uh, that mm-hmm. blood sacrifice would have not only made them acceptable to God, but would have also helped dull the voice because what the, what the, mm-hmm. what the, basically he was infected. And so this infection or these seeds of the kingdom of darkness was scattered all throughout his soul. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they began, and they begin to, to grow in strength. And, they, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's knowledge. It begins to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the sin nature. It begins to speak to you. Right now, right. You know, God said, "Listen, you know, we're going to do this all all this Old Testament stuff, and I'm going to give you some definitions of what's right and wrong, and and all these different things because you can't you have to get it from the outside because you can't hear it from the inside." That, that's very that's, interesting. That's, yeah, I, I like that. So God, he, he threw the sacrifices of the blood, and because the the bottom line is the soul that sin shall die. God knew that there would have to be a blood sacrifice of someone who is qualified to die to bring this thing back into perspective. Uh, but even now, as we're redeemed, I don't want to jump ahead again, but just think, a think of, thinking a thought, as we're redeemed through Jesus Christ, we are now re-instructed, reauthorized to do back what Adam and Eve were originally told to do, to, um, to, to dress oh, the, the garden. But we're living now in a snake pit. And so it gets a little messy. <laughs> um, it is. But, and look, look at the problem that was caused. That one act uh-huh, took God 4,000 years mm-hmm. to bring a solution. That, that's the depth of what it is. But, you know, when, when, when we're in Christ, once I, once I become that new creature, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's like the moment I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and really absolute surrender to him, and, and this is something we need to understand, Yep. This war isn't really between me and the devil. Yep. It's between God and the devil. Exactly. So you ha- you have two forces that are extremely powerful and you're caught in the middle. Exactly. And the, the basic instinct is either to fight or to run. But there's uh-huh. a third option. I can surrender to the greater force. Ah, uh, because the greater force is me and he wants me back. And actually I say it like this. There's a war going on between God and Satan for the souls of men, and we're like the prize, and God wants yeah. us back, of course, as his children, and who wouldn't want his children back? Uh, but your, your solution is to surrender. Now, talk to me about that. What does that mean? Surrender means, you know, Lord, I don't care what's in my head. I don't care what I have believed, mm-hmm. what, I, what the Nekesh has taught me is reality. Mm-hmm. I see your massive love. You didn't have to come and die for me. And, and the, the horrificness of everything that Jesus went through on the cross is, is mm-hmm. almost mind-boggling because mm-hmm. there, were, there were spiritual aspects going on in the second heaven. There were physical aspects that yeah. were going on. I mean, even, even a pagan Roman stood, stood back and you know, it was like God maybe opened his eyes and he said, mm-hmm. dude, this has got to be the Son of God. I've done crucifixions <laughs> every day all day long, but I have never seen anything like this. Yeah. But he did because he loves us, and that's how much God wanted us back. And yet, the devil has made God's love for us, make God, make God look like a fool. And for all of us, we, the devil has put us in the place of a judgment seat. 
against God because every day that we make a choice to go with the lie, believe the lie that's the counterfeit, the seducer, we actually are choosing again to be reindoctrinated or re uh, captured or, or bound again by the enemy. Uh, and I think for believers who do not understand the foundation and the bigger picture of what's going on, when you just, like you said, when you just get to the end of the story and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen, is there, you know, what, what's going to happen to me and what's going on in the church today and blah, blah, blah. And it, it doesn't, it, you've got to get you to move from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, oh, talk to us. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to us more about what uh, this. Yeah, one, of the things, one of the things we hear a lot is, how could a loving God allow yes. all this stuff to happen in the oh, world? Oh, yeah. Talk to me. For you. He didn't. He trusted you with the keys, and you're the idiot that opened <laughs> up the door. I mean, Adam is the idiot that opened up the door and allowed all this. There's a good track for you. What's God? It was man. Yeah. And God is saying, oh, it's, it's, the, the full thing of this thing is going to take me 6,000 years to clean up. Yeah, but yeah. he's wow. worked on it. <laughs> but we're <laughs> the ones that allowed it in because he gave us the authority. Then mm-hmm. Satan took our authority and filled the earth with with his junk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now, well, when he... I when I fully surrender to Jesus, is the only time that I can begin resisting what the enemy has brought into my life and into the world. And then and then when I when I understand the concepts of surrender and hunting down the ites. You know, we, we talk about spiritual warfare. The greatest spiritual warfare is what's on the inside of you, not what, what oh, is amen. on the outside. Oh, amen. And, don't, even take, don't even get me started on that, man. I talk about the outward apostasy and the inward deception all the time. And if you don't got that inward stuff figured out, and like you said, hunt, hunting down the ites in your life, I would call them the lies. But you're right, absolutely. So and surrendering to God, Jesus Christ, but what happens when we go back and forth all the time between listening to the soul software, which is that old, you know, pre-programmed demonic junk, and then walking in the spirit. A lot of believers, when you're getting to that place, I guess the unbelievers have to figure it out and get in. But surrendering is is something that you and I have done as believers, followers of Jesus Christ. But what happens with this back and forth stuff all the time? What happens? I I think we enter into a time that we get tired of being the ping pong ball, you know, because, you know, James, (laughs) because the moment that we get saved, our spirit man is connected back to God. I mean, we're we're operating at 220 watts. I mean, just awesome stuff in our spirit. Our problem, and in fact, I even think the dichotomy in Galatians where it talked about the warring of the spirit and the flesh is not the warring of the Holy Spirit. It's the, now the warring of our own spirit that's Amen. been brought back into union with God. And, you know, Amen. the kingdom stuff is flowing in our spirit. But it mm-hmm. keeps on hitting all these fortified areas in our soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those are called strongholds. And you know, the thing is absolutely right. I see it this way. I like what you're saying, man, we we could write a book, huh? But anyway, um, the, 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 my, the soul, which is, by the way, the soul, the flesh is my definition. There's three parts to us, body, soul, and spirit. And the flesh is your body that carries your soul, which is your navigating software. So the flesh is really the body and soul together. And when they separate that's when your body becomes a corpse, you die, your soul flies away. But anyway, the soul, the, the demons, the liars who run the soul keep setting up a debate in your mind, in your emotions, through the programming, through the experiences that you've come to believe are sacred against the spirit, the spirit of God, which reflects and bears witness with your spirit. So it is, you're actually right, I believe. Um, it's our soul warring against our spirit and God's Holy Spirit, who's been sent to live in us, is wooing, instructing, directing us uh, to follow Jesus, 
to lead us into all truth. But so many times we're so convinced that what I experienced is the truth when actually what you experience is only true. It truly happened, but it's not the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. You know, somebody can tell you you're a dog and beat you and put you on a chain and and chain you up in the backyard. And that whole, that whole escapade was a lie. You're not a dog. But but, part of, part of the dynamic is, is that, you know, once I surrender to Jesus and I, I come into the kingdom, then it's a process. The only way that I can, because we, we, we see it as a metaphor, if you will, when the children of Israel came back into the promised land, they were to drive out the ites mm-hmm. that, that inhabited the land while they were in bondage in Egypt or the world. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was in bondage in Egypt and the world, the enemy sowed all these ites yeah. yeah. uh, into the promised land. And James deals with it this way. He says, uh, you know, he's, he's writing to saved people. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah. now, here's what you've got to do. You've got to receive with meekness. In other words, you've got to surrender to the word because mm-hmm. Jesus came to bring you reality, which means that we're, we're living in an unreality. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. the thing the enemy has done is all based on lies. It, it, it's not the truth. We didn't deserve mm-hmm. for those things to happen to us. Right. He did them because he was afraid of what we would become if we ever surrendered and got free in Jesus. Well, it's interesting you said he, we didn't deserve what he did to us. And I think that's the whole point. Satan twists that all around, that every bad thing he gets us to do, he, he gets us to uh, believe that it's my fault and I'm guilty and I deserve this because I'm unworthy of love. And by very definition, love itself cannot be earned. It's a, it's a gift given, and so is salvation, and so is healing, and so is deliverance. Everything God gives you is a gift that we, we don't deserve to be treated like this. Um, we didn't do in the beginning. We're not the guys who came up with the bad idea. Uh, we're the guys who were tricked into taking the bad idea. But going back to the ites and the children of Israel for a second, I, I use that analogy too, and I really like it because it's like you're, you, you, we were. Uh, it's like taking back uh, redemption, sanctification is like working with the Holy Spirit to get back, take back your soul. And when the children of Israel got back into the land of Canaan, which was theirs, given to them. Uh, through God, through Abraham originally, uh, they were gone for into captivity, slavery for those 430 years, whatever it was. Um, they got back, and God did not hand it to them on a silver platter. He didn't say, okay, guys, you're back. Here it is. He gave them the challenge to, like Joshua, you know, go to war. Get back yeah. your life. Get back your soul. Get back your, your true identity in Christ. And so I, I really think you're absolutely right. That's a metaphor. So, um, yeah, keep going. You're, good, you're doing good. <laughs> well, the book that nobody's ever taken apart, we know we're coming up against strongholds. Where are they at? Oh, they're up in the heavenlies. No, they're not. They're in you, dude, okay? Yeah, that's Within right. My that's soul. right, dude. <laughs> and, and sometimes that they will use, you know, something that we have bought as a, you know, as a lie that just really sounds good, which can be what I call the nice fortified area. But uh-huh. sometimes what the does, and this shows you how dastardly the son of a gun is, that he will cause this massive wound in you and mm-hmm. so that area of your of your soul swells up to build the walls of the fortifi- of the fortified area, mm-hmm. and then he moves into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, give me you know, an example you, of a nice fortified area. Is it like something uh, where you uh, believe the lie and then c- cooperate with the devil to keep those walls built up? Yeah, especially if it's a wound because you don't want anybody to touch it. Right. it, it it's an inflamed area. Well, that's uh, exactly you know, what swelling does, time, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you have a, 
a very strong trauma, let's say in your life, let's say someone was molested or something as a child, that is a very strong wound. And so it inflames in those areas. And this, this, the very entity that caused the person to do it to you now moves in to the wound he just caused. Mm-hmm. And dwells there. And he, and, thinks, and he he says, never touch this. Never look yeah, at this. Yeah. It's a secret. You know, yep. Don't don't ever let you know. Don't let Jesus touch it. Don't let anybody touch it. But mm-hmm. now you have a right. You got to take control. You got to control everybody around you. And they you know they you know like a Jezebel spirit can manifest mm-hmm. with this or something oh. similar. And it's and boy, exactly. the minute you ever get near the boo boo, okay, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 all of a sudden it's like you you have a junkyard dog raised up in that individual. And what they don't yeah. realize is what you're doing is you're protecting the perpetrator. Yeah. Well, that's really a good way of putting the junkyard dog called Jezebel. Because, you know, what happens is exactly right. When you get people who are wounded ritualistically or whatever, um, they're told that they they can't go there. That's too much pain. I can't deal with that. And and then for a while, God allows it to be, I think, repressed. And then at some point in your spiritual development, the Lord allows these these, uh, things to come to the surface. And um, But even subconsciously, I believe, before we understand that we've maybe, because part of the programming a lot of times is programmed into the program, a part of the program that says, I don't remember being programmed. I don't remember this at all. This, you know, I don't remember where where I came from, what happened, what I did, well, you, what happened to me. A lot, of, a lot of us came pre-programmed because it was encoded into our spiritual DNA because of the fall. That's right. So it was yeah. Yeah, so we're pre pre programmed to not know uh what happened or where I how I got here. Um and so, you know, that to me is a more important question than um you know, why am I here? You know, that's a secondary important question. But I guess my first question is like what we're talking about right now, what happened? What happened to get us so jerked around and set up like this and then you then you throw this messy mixture of each individual person into this world system that is absolutely uh, overrun with uh, every evil thing you could possibly imagine. And it is totally a wonder how why we are not immediately annihilated and dead and crisped and toast by the devil. And, and on the other hand, how we can continue to pursue God and even how anybody finds God. But um, going, let's go back to that for a minute, unless you had something else. I want to just kind of talk about this wound that keeps people... Um, defensive or controlling, and what does that look like in terms of, you know, what does that mean, Jezebel control? What does that mean? What, why are they so defensive? What are they afraid no one, of? No one's ever going to hurt me again. So what okay. I do is mm-hmm. I have to control everyone and everything around me. And mm-hmm. and see, the, now, the, the, now you probably know this, but I mean, even, even our psyche is, is made up in three levels. We can call it the conscious, the unconscious, uh, the subconscious, and the unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind is literally like a hard drive that stores everything that has ever happened to you and in, in, in down into minutia. And, and sometimes we have experienced that. Like there was one time I walked into a restaurant and, and they were, you know, um, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, and all that, and instantly it was a certain smell that transported me to my grandma's house. <laughs> when I was, and I went, you know, oh, man, you want to talk about good food. Uh, mm-hmm. But there the same way, what it did is it accessed my hard drive, and in that moment I had all the feelings, the smell, the euphoria as a kid, man, we're going to eat at grandma's house, and all this stuff. It was all recorded on that hard drive, and I accessed it. Well, the same way, 
sometimes we'll see people says, I don't know why I don't like that individual, but I tell you what, there's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be because you were wounded or something by somebody that was similar, mm-hmm. and that's being pulled up off of your hard drive. And, I mean, we got a lot of junk, a lot of bad mm-hmm. data on mm-hmm. our hard drive. Right. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, like the smells are stored right in the limbic system, which is the center of your emotional uh, part of the brain. But, you know, smells, I've had clients who are triggered by uh, the uh, the perfume or the uh, aftershave lotion of somebody or uh, a smell of something that triggers and takes them right back to that place of abuse where that smell was also part of the trigger. It was part of the uh, the information that was being recorded at the moment. So they're linked together, uh, what fires and together, wires together. The- so. And, and the great news is that your unconscious mind is constantly looking for new data. Mm-hmm. And, and I so suppose when, in a way to uh, protect you, right? I mean, you know, it's there to alert you if there's something dangerous because you've already been through something like that before. So it's it's there to bring that information up to the surface all, immediately. All kinds of things. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a very, what we have in our unconscious mind basically helps us interpret the reality around us. Unfortunately, but, yeah. false that. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it so, may be real, real data, but it's it's like going back to excuse the, the the going back to surrender. The word surrender you said in this war to surrender, um, and it's ter- terrifying to surrender because number one, you don't know who to surrender to at some point, and the, if you don't know that God is love, because you've been taught to believe by the devil and his his religious cohorts, the uh, I call them the pious deceivers and the religious spirits, that God is is all bloody and brutal and evil and uh, a taskmaster and it's all about works and trying to get him make him happy. You're, you're going to be afraid to surrender to that because you don't know that God is love, even though that is what God says, I am love, God is love. That's, that's the conundrum of this other kingdom. If they can't keep you out of the kingdom, they keep you crippled while you're in it. Yeah, exactly. And that's where so many, and if those crippled people, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, physically, would be healed, God would have a huge army. Because I believe, now this is a question, this is another question I have for you. A lot of people think that they get to heaven based on works. And of course, we know that's not true. We get to heaven based on the work of Jesus Christ. But uh, but because they've been taught that through a lot of false gospels, you know, um, very basic, uh, try to be good kind of thing, ought to be good. And so because they've failed that and because they've sinned, even after they're saved, they sin. Let's just say they're saved, they accepted Jesus, um, I had somebody in my office not very long ago, totally terrified that their son, because he's now going off into drugs and craziness and, you know, insane behavior, had accepted Jesus when he was a little guy. She's totally afraid, terrified that he is lost. And I said, um, you know, I don't think the Holy Spirit moves out when we go through a hard time. And he's being tested. He's being tried. But uh, talk to us about, can you, you know, this is salvation different than sanctification? Uh, and, and good works and people who are sinning, Christians, uh, how do they lose their salvation or what happens to them when uh, they get all this stuff is going on, man? We got the subconscious, the unconscious, the psyche, we got the devil. We, and, and we are thinking that we're going to figure this out and be good and, and, you know, make God happy and earn our way to no, heaven. We, I mean, is that kind no, of arrogant we, or ignorant? You, you can't earn your way to heaven. Now, one of the things we got to look at okay, I get born again, I'm a mm-hmm. newborn baby. All right, uh-huh. and so I, I, ve- I ve- eventually get to the place where I'm learning how to walk. Now, would you take that baby and take them down to the local army base 
and put them at <laughs> one end of an obstacle course designed for a uh, 22-year-old man that's in good shape, that has understand, understood basic combat things, and now mm-hmm. are you going to paste that baby, put them under barbed wire, and have them, you know, because yep. mm-hmm. that's what the enemy puts in front of us. Okay, yeah. you're going to serve God. Let me give you this obstacle course. Yeah. No, a loving parent will, you know, first teach them how to crawl, teach them how to walk, teach them how to run, and then work mm-hmm. them through childhood. Mm-hmm. Why do we depend out of that? Yeah. So I can save... Yeah. I'm just learning how to walk. I'm going to fall. Mm. Amen. Does that mean you go back to the hospital and get born again because you fell down on, you know, skinned your knee? Uh, you're no, still you alive. But pull up the back teen and, and put a big bandage on your boo boo and says, "Now stop for a minute and look how the enemy stuck his foot right in front of you as you were trying to walk." Exactly. Now don't let him do that the next time. And mm-hmm. if he tries it the next time, you stop and you slap him upside the head. Mm-hmm. And you tell him in the name of Jesus, I'm not, I'm not going to fall for your tricks anymore. You but see, here's, that's, the, here's, that's, here's the trick. Here's the trick. The trick is the devil comes sounding like the Holy Spirit to tell you that God is mad at you now. You're bad. You failed. You're four years old and you fell off your bike and now you're, you've lost your salvation. And, but, the, 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 but because people don't recognize how insidious this internal deception is, that the devil also presents himself not only as... Uh, an evil one, but also as a good one, as as a false, um, a pious deceiver, a religious spirit is. Well, that, that's all those eyes because they're still there. And until we learn by the power of God mm-hmm. to take down those fortified areas, so you you have all these pockets in your soul of lies you believe, wounds that you had, mm-hmm. and with with you know me telling you talking to you about you know everything starts in the spirit. Well, there is a a portion of that spirit that did that or that lie or that concept, that doctrine of demons or whatever, is in that fortified area, and they have the ability to speak. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Adam and Eve went to the tree of knowledge of good and evil to receive knowledge, and this thing is being like a tutor to you. Mm-hmm. And so it begins it begins filling all these lies. And the basic 101 in Christianity, the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. He will yeah. convict you. Yeah. But I, I have found that he is gracious, mm-hmm. and then he'll say, you know, son, you know, mm-hmm. look at how the devil made you mess up. Now, repent, get this under the blood. Now, let's go back and learn mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you don't let him do it again. Because even the Apostle Paul said, it's not me, it's mm-hmm. sin in me. That's right. And, and, you know, but the thing is, we've been taught in the world system, whether it's the courts, the schools, the streets, you know, Santa Claus it's take responsibility and be good. And so when, you know, you've got this demon speaking, tutoring them in the, in the, in the very place of the wound or the stronghold or the, where he is, and they're beginning, then you're beginning to believe that lie that, that everybody else says, well, I've got to take responsibility. It must be my fault. If, you know, it must be my fault. I should have known. Truly take responsibility. Okay, that lie messed me up. I'm yeah. taking responsibility. Ability yeah. over it. Now, what I'm going to do, James says, you know, receive with meekness, quit fighting God's word, surrender right. to it. Right. And now I'm going to take the truth and I'm going up to that fortress mm-hmm. and I'm going to point my finger at it and say, you're a liar. Yeah, because, you know, everything, here's the, you know, in this war between God and Satan for the souls of men, there's one rule. And the rule is Romans 6.16, whom you yield yourself, servant to obey his slave you become. So if you listen to the lie, you become more bound by the lie or, or under the influence of the tutor, the liar. And so, and if you listen to the truth, you, you, walk, you begin to walk in freedom. So uh, Jesus, you know, we have a free will, 
but the devil sets us up to make a choice based on what we what what appears to be a good thing ends up being bait yeah. and there's a hook in, inside of it and so then um but here's the bottom line so when we come into an agreement with the lie uh what we need to do what Jesus what God says in John is to confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness first John so confession is really like canceling out your agreement that you made consciously or unconsciously with the lie. And it doesn't come until you have a revelation from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus Christ, that, wow, I just got took. I just yeah. got hooked. I just got used. I just fell again into the plot of the enemy. And so it and does become about weakness. Isn't that a part of repentance? Repentance is not, mm-hmm. okay, I'm bad. Lord, I'm yeah. coming again because I'm bad. It's, yeah. God, I believed a lie. And Amen. because I believed and acted on that lie, I mm-hmm. got messed up. So now, now I'm not repenting for my actions, but now I say, because your 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 unconscious mind is looking for new data. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm saying. I'm pointing to that lie, and I'm saying, you're a lie. Yeah. And I plead the blood of Jesus over it. Father, not only do I ask that you would forgive me of, of my stumbling because of that lie, I ask that the that the blood of Jesus and that the anointing of the, of your word and the water of your word would begin mm-hmm. washing that lie away, and I mm-hmm. find exactly what God's word actually says about it, and mm-hmm. I begin bombarding that lie with the truth until oh, those walls come down and that thing is exercised out of my life. Uh-huh. Yeah, and exactly. What, 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 I, what I tell folks is... is you know, if I'm going to receive with meekness the engrafted word, what I what I do is I'm reading the word, mm-hmm. and if I feel resistance, mm-hmm. you mark that. Yeah. Okay? Yes, exactly. Tell exactly. me how much he loves me and what what he wants for my life. And man, I'm feeling resistance. Well, stop right there and mark that mm-hmm. and say stronghold. I go well, a little bit I further. And feel, mm-hmm. I feel resistance about something else because it's butting up against a lie. Mark that stronghold, mm-hmm. and then not only do um, we repent for that thing being in our life, then what we do is we go to the Word of God and begin meditating on mm-hmm. what God says, and mm-hmm. we do it this way. Whether whether you, because your 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 software is going to fight against it, but what you're saying is, I don't care what I feel. Yes. The Word of God says this, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is true. And as well, you meditate, the, as yeah, you meditate yeah. on that, you're storming the gates and pulling them down. Yes, and you know exactly... Uh, this is the easy way to do it, to read and meditate in the Word of God and pay attention exactly, my same word I use, where's the resistance? Where is the, um, the, the thing that's you know, not buffeting you? And, and you can do it that way, make that note, and then say, Lord, what's the lie? What's, what's behind this resistance? Why is it hard for me to receive uh, salvation as a free gift? Why is it hard for me to, to know I am loved, to feel loved? And and then begin to take it from there because otherwise the hard way is you're going to fall down again into that pit again, get run over by the truck again, and get beat up in your soul again. And then you're you're you know it's way harder to pay attention when you've been knocked unconscious by an 18 wheeler and you're just coming to and you wonder what happened to me and how did that happen and how did I get back here? Um, and it's all about self examination. But if you let the, the Holy Spirit, the Word, examine you. Then you can be an observer, and you, then you're free, uh, free to act on it. You're not, you know, trying to defend yourself and say, "Well, I didn't mean to, or it's not my now, fault." Yeah. And now through the new birth, we have the Holy Spirit. Was, it, it's, so it's not just external instruction. Mm-hmm. We now have mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has moved on the inside of us. Yeah. 
so that he can say, I, I'm going to instruct you from the outside and I'm going to instruct you from the inside. And uh, there are several things that we need to understand. Right. Number one, God is not the problem. Yep. God yeah. is not your problem. God did not do it to you. God came to fix something he didn't do that we did our, you know, that man opened the door yeah. and the devil did all yeah. this stuff. The second thing is it brings great joy to God mm-hmm. to get you in a place to where you can begin using your energy to attack mm-hmm. the right things. He wants to Ooh. put you in full armor, <laughs> and bet. he wants to stick you in front of the devil. Yeah. And it's time, you know, if, if, if God, because I, I know I think, you know, why aren't we raptured the moment we get saved? And, and the mm-hmm. reason is God is saying, I want you to find out who you really are in me. Yeah. And I yeah. want you to t- take on the full armor of God and sure. take the yep. sword of the Spirit. And I want you to give the same hell to the mm-hmm. devil that did to you as it was given to you. Ooh, and I my like divine this is... I release grace in you so that you can judge that thing and call it out for the evil it is and yeah. to drive it out of your life by my power, by my grace, and by my mm-hmm. word. That Amen. is divine justice. Yes. Amen. I love it. I love it. You know, this is this is real exciting life when you when you look at life from this point of view. Not that I've got to spend all my life trying to make God like me. God loves you already. And the thing is, he's given us the power to bind, to lose power over all the, th- the power of the enemy. Nothing shall be any means hurt us. And he's given us the power to forgive. And, and it's just like when you were talking, it was just like I was thinking, yeah, as a parent, you want to see your kid, uh, you, you raise them, you mentor them, you train them, you, you give into their life, speak into their life, and, and you're, gonna, you're preparing them for something. And you want to see them dress up in their hockey gear or in their baseball uniform or whatever they got or their, their fatigues and go to war and be victorious. There's nothing, I think, that makes a parent more excited and happy. That's probably they put out all that money for people to play hockey or whatever, whatever. I'm not, I'm not picking on people. I'm just using an example here. But, you know, because the parent is, yeah, that's my kid. And I believe God kind of wants to be able to say, yeah, that's my kid out there. That's my kids. These are my, look at what they're doing. They're, 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 they're knocking the devil down because, I, because they believe me. It all comes back to believing God, and God backs us up. And that reminds me of another thing. People don't get their prayers answered. And the reason they don't get their prayers answered, number one, is what did you expect? If you didn't expect anything, you're not going to get anything. And the other thing is, uh, a lot of times people pray like, I, I prayed and I asked God to heal me, and I believe God says back, but I gave you the power of the authority to take authority over that thing, cast that thing out, deal with that thing, speak that thing. Why aren't you doing it? And I'd back it up. So I think all yeah. of this... And then when people don't get their prayers answered, it looks like God isn't being nice to me anymore, and he doesn't love me, and it's not, you know, I can't trust him. What? You know, and let me put this image in front of you. And and this, this, you know, I've got a very vivid imagination. Um, Imagine if you could see from heaven's point of view David in front of Goliath. You Mm -hmm. know, he takes takes the stone, knocks him out, goes and cuts his head off. And I can see God almost slapping an angel next to him and said, did you see that? Yeah, you know, I you. Out there. Whoa, now I can work with that guy. You know, <laughs> Amen. Totally. When we take, you know, he's he's just like a parent, man. You, I mean, it's, it's like you just won the game. You said, you know, you you yeah. you, you did the impossible shot. Yeah. And, and yeah. heaven rejoices at those things. And, and if we could game. just yeah. our paradigm, what what how awesome it would be because God is saying, listen, once I get you saved. What I want to do is I want to grow you up in me and every bully that has dominated your life and, yes. and has tricked you and, 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 and up your life, I want to see you take their heads off. I Amen. want to see 
decimate them out of your life and find out who you really are in me. And I want you, I want to watch oh. the eyes of me when you become their worst nightmare in the earth. Amen. Amen. And the enemy's eyes are bugged out for a change, and he's afraid for a change. And this is what the remnant is going to come up to, I believe, the bride without spot or wrinkle. Um, and it's it's a calling for to all of the people of God, believers. But it's, at the same time, you've got to walk in the truth. You've got to walk in the way. Jesus says, I'm the way. And it's in the Word. You've got to get in the Word. And it's got to be rightly divided. Uh, Dr. Michael, I appreciate what you do in, in dividing the Word rightly because so many people skew it off into this sect, cult, this doctrine, this church, this denomination. And it's just, you know, gag me. It's so, I mean, ah. now let me well, ask you a question. When these okay. people are people, supposedly, who know Jesus and are so mis, uh, what's the, oh, oh, disinformating, disinformation, the word of God to their congregations, and they're just making them wimps, weak, emaciated, bound, uh, guilted, weak, whatever. Is that, when I look at that and I see what they're doing, I just heard of a guy, he's got a big church in this area, and I don't go to his church, obviously, but the the gal who goes there says, yeah, you know what he does? He preaches one sermon on Saturday night, and then he plays the video three times on Sunday of him preaching the Saturday night sermon and sits there and watches himself on Sunday morning. I mean, it's a gag me. I can't believe it. And he got a big church. <laughs> Poor people. Uh, Do Am I judging him? <laughs> or am I, I discerning know, something here? I, you know, the only reason that I go and, and even view my own videos I do is because I'm the one that has to edit them. Otherwise, it's like, let's go on to the next teaching. There's so yeah, much yeah. to teach yeah, you know yeah. Why, why do that? But and, and if when we understand this paradigm, and God even allows us to, uh, to even understand the commandments, maybe in a, in a different light, mm-hmm. because everything that we think and everything that we do either opens or closes doors. Mm-hmm. And so what God is saying, listen, get in my word, meditate on it. And what I'm mm-hmm. going to help help you do is mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you how to push the enemy out of your life. And not only do mm-hmm. I want you to to push him out of your life, I want you to slam the door in his face until you break his nose. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to teach you how to begin opening up doors to the kingdom because, man, I'm wanting to love you. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting to bring some good things into your life. Mm-hmm. But what i got to get you to do is you got to shut these doors out of loving obedience. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. same way loving obedience, get enough mm-hmm. doors open to where I can bring this stuff in I'm wanting to bring you. Yeah, because when the counterfeit's that's, operating, that's, it's, yeah, the counterfeit doors. Never, yeah, it's it's never about earning my way to salvation or earning my thing to God or anything else. It's about driving the pig to your parlor, closing the door, barring it to he can never get back in, and then opening up the door to the most awesome guests. Mm-hmm. The, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, when Jesus and, comes into your life, when the Holy Spirit moves yeah, in, and all yeah. of a sudden all these kingdom principles start flowing. These, these are like blessed guests that always bring wonderful gifts with them when they come in. And that's oh. what God's wanting. Uh-huh. Gifts of of the Holy Spirit, Dis, were, uh, yeah. yeah, discerning of spirits, and I think going back to can, with my yeah exactly what you said with the understanding. For example, the devil binds the Christians up and making them believe that they are judging, uh, that they don't have a right to judge, and then he sets in front of us all kinds of gross, horrible. Uh, unscriptural, biblical, uh, unbiblical behaviors, and then says, no, you've got to love that. You've got to accept that. You can't judge that because, you know, thou shalt judge not lest to be judged. I think that is the most well-known verse in the Bible. It's not for God to love. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that. But, I mean, yeah, but the, un- the world knows that one. Judge not. 
And so Christians are afraid to make decisions, uh, uh, declare, make declarations uh, for truth and righteousness because they're going to be called judging. But the thing is there, we have to understand that we're not judging the soul of that person. We're judging a behavior that God has already judged. And because we love that soul and I can, you, it's like with your kids, you, you know, if your kid puts you in a, a, you know, uh, the one verse, the temptation of, of Christ, tempt not the Lord your God, jumping down off the temple and then expecting God to catch you. Kids' situations, they'll set their parents up in a situation where they'll do something really inappropriate or dangerous and then expect their parent to, you know, be okay with it. And, you know, the same within the society now, we're expected, we're put this, these vile behaviors in front of us and then we're expected to be okay with it. And if we aren't okay with it, then uh, we don't have even the freedom of speech to say no, no, no. But the thing is what Christians need to understand is I am not judging you. I am forgiving you. And I am saying your behavior is going to get you in trouble. And because I love you, I'm going to tell you that. Just like a parent says, no, 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 honey, if you stick your finger in the light socket, that will cause great pain and possible death. Because I love you, I cannot permit that behavior. And so... I think people, Christians, are, are confused about, you know, well, how do I, you know, work and get along with society? But you're talking about a whole different level of, of authority. You're talking in the spirit realm. You're talking, and it'll, it'll, it'll come down into the natural realm in people's lives, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, on this world, in their situations. But you're talking about spiritual authority. We are, and we, you know, and, and the whole concept of binding and loosen. There's two different places it's used in the New Testament, and one is is very obviously about, you know, attacking the devil. You know, when he's mm-hmm. he's at Mount Hermon. The mm-hmm. other one, it literally could be translated: you have the right to bind or loose what comes into your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. If I judge this is ungodly, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let it in my life no more than you're going to allow a criminal in his. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's what God's calling us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me, binding means to forbid. I forbid, I'm not agreeing with this, I forbid it to conduct its operation in my sphere of authority and influence that the Lord God has given me. I forbid it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then to loose means to release the revelation, the power, the authority of Jesus Christ into a situation, into a life. Um, and when we do deliverance, we're helping the person who sees the wounds and comes to the revelation of Jesus, wants freedom. Now we're getting out the tutors. We're getting out the demonic tutors, the liars, the deceivers, those who are, uh, I don't know, you know, the sin that dwells in me, whatever all that is. We're commanding those spirits in our authority and in agreement with the person who, who they're dwelling in to command them to leave. And they will not. And it's amazing that if the person is agreeing, you're agreeing. A lot of times there's not this big, you know, foam at the mouth, knock down, drag out, foam at the mouth kind of a scene. It's just a matter of leaving and they go. And um, I think that people need to understand there's a deli- uh, that part of that authority, binding, loosing, and forgiving, is part of that command to go preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. So, Dr. Lake, why would Jesus tell us to cast out demons if Christians can't have demons? Well, they can. That's a trick question. <laughs> Well, there, if there's a presence inside of that stronghold mm-hmm. that is speaking to you, mm-hmm. then it's a demonic presence that needs to be cast out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we, we need to understand there's, there's a difference yeah. between demonic um, demonic possession 
and mm-hmm. and suppression. Mm-hmm. That it's there and a portion of it's there that speaks to you. That's there that that basically moved in with the lie that you mm-hmm. received. Mm-hmm. And so now it's there to control your life. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes what I have found there's sometimes like you need to you know cast something out if somebody's completely demonic you know demonically possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But many times when you pull down that stronghold, you pull down that lie. Mm-hmm. And you identify it as the lie it is and begin attacking mm-hmm. that thing with truth, that demon has to leave, or that demonic influence or intelligence has to leave yes. the moment those walls come down and the blood of Jesus goes in. Amen. I totally agree with that. And because because the Lord God has said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and I believe for the remnant in these coming days, and that's who we are, um, that we you know, I was reading in Daniel yesterday about, you know, the, uh, the, the war, the, the horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the ancient of days came. And, and um, so we're in that period of time right now where there's a war going on. But uh, it says those that know their God will do exploits. So both things are going on simultaneously, even in these critical days. I think we're getting very, very close to the return of Jesus Christ. Um, what do you say about that? I mean, this... Place I, I think you are, and you know, when you look at over the millennia, you know, close can be, you know, anywhere from a year to maybe twenty, thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about the verse that you just quoted mm-hmm. is that a specific moment in history when the Antichrist is at his zenith, mm-hmm. when sin is at its zenith, when the mystery of iniquity mm-hmm. has has basically hit one hundred percent on the earth mm-hmm. as far as its ability to control the minds of men. In the mm-hmm. midst of all that, guys, if I really know God, and that's talking about a vibrant, living, loving relationship mm-hmm. with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the true creator of heaven and earth, that in the midst of you know the, the elite and, and Lucifer has been working you know, 6,000 years to get the earth to this place, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. can't stop those that know their God. And in the midst of, of his absolute zenith, you have these people. Mm-hmm. That are doing great exploits that are causing him all kinds of ha- you know havoc on the earth. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's what I'm after. That, that's why I want to empower the remnant, because it, it's it's only it's it's actually divine justice. Why yeah. you know God wants to bring me to the place and He wants to bring you to the place that all these lies and all these demonic spirits and and what have you in the kingdom of darkness that has brought such pain and anguish to my life. Mm-hmm. It's now time that I can raise up in the power of God. And truly, in fact, I, I think there are levels of grace. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That means that he was able to uh, to receive a deeper portion of God's grace because he walked with God. Mm-hmm. And God is calling us, there, there's a deeper level of grace than anything that we have been able to, to ever comprehend before. As God allows us to get into it, he's going to set us free and then raise us up and say, you know what? It's time to give hell to the devil, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I think it, it. I think heaven rejoices if I get up in the morning and Amen. I'm walking yeah. in the, and I if I give the devil a migraine oh, before I go God. to God, <laughs> yes, that's my boy, and just wait to see what he does to you tomorrow, devil. Once he really gets yeah. up and I give him the next nugget of truth, I'm trying to give him. When mm-hmm. he get when he gets that, I tell you what, you're really going to regret the day you ever touched him. I know it's that's, payback time, <laughs> yeah. and and see that's actually divine justice, right? When just the judgment of God and the grace of God are two sides of the same coin, 
Mm-hmm. If, if mm-hmm. flowing in the kingdom, God gives me grace and it allows him to judge the devil. Yes. Well, and not only that, but if, if God would not do this, if God would not allow his people to overcome, because his whole point from the beginning was to get his people to dress the garden and to take authority and dominion. And this, if God cannot bring us back to that, then he has failed. Yes, he's, I believe what's happening is I believe he's redeemed a whole lot of people. And out of that, there is a remnant who will know their God and do exploits. I don't know if everybody out there is going to do that, uh, that that is saved. I I mean, I'm not saying they can't. But if God didn't raise up at least a remnant to do that, then God would have lost, really. Jesus would just come back to rescue before the devil completely swallows everybody up. You know, I like to call it God's special forces. Mm-hmm. That uh, and and one of the things that uh, I have said is kind of because you know the the old way of teaching about you know the, the harpazo or the rapture of the church is mm-hmm. we're going to get out of here before we get our heads beat in. I there's nothing more from the truth in that in the world. Mm-hmm. I think the the, the the catching away whether it's pre-trib or mid, and we can argue till the cows come home about when it's going to mm-hmm. happen and, and it's going to happen exactly when God says you know come yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the purpose of it is we are free and we have matured to the place to where we can stand toe-to-toe with the Antichrist, the Shiner Directive, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we're able to hold our, when we get there, God says, you know what? You've matured to the place that you are mm-hmm. going to, you're getting ready to move from the bride to become the wife. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull you up to heaven for, for the, the, the days of all the ten, which what's mm-hmm. interesting is the time between the Feast of Trumpets and there's the last trump that's a mm-hmm. part of the secession on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the Feast of Trumpets. When the last trump sounds, we go up there. And it may be ten literal days like the ten days of art, maybe the, whatever period that God chooses. But what I think, find interesting is that a Jewish marriage feast lasts mm-hmm. for ten days. Mm-hmm. You come up here, and while I pour out the bowls of wrath, and mm-hmm. take care of the Antichrist. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a party. We're gonna we're gonna have this marriage feast of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you're gonna return as the bride with him, and you're gonna sit back and watch him speak a word, and take care Hallelujah. of the enemy. Amen. And, and we watch and, it. Yeah. And, and I don't you know I don't even think Steven Spielberg or, or any of them have the imagination to maybe see what this transugenic horde that the Antichrist mm-hmm. is going to have the, the meet them in the Valley of Armageddon. But all Jesus has to do is mm-hmm. speak a word, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, it says I, in, in I think, Dan, go ahead. I, I'm just going to read the verse in Daniel 11:32. It says, uh, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And, of course, you know, this God doesn't expect us to come up against the demonic horde at the Battle of Armageddon. He's he saved that piece for himself, I believe. But what he wants us to do is declare the kingdom of God on earth. And that declaration comes through people uh, introducing other people to Jesus Christ, setting them free from the shackles of the enemy, uh, teaching them the ways of righteousness, walking in it themselves, uh, and miracles. I believe it's going to take miracles um, protective forces around us, around our dwellings, um, and all those kinds of things. Go ahead. Walking in that supernatural. Amen. You know, the, what, I, I got in an argument with uh, a guy that was a third-year undergraduate student from a very, you know, popular uh, Christian university that tried to tell me that 
you know, Adam didn't have didn't have the power to be a watchman in the Garden of Eden because if the devil showed up, there was no way that he could have ever won. And you know, my point of view is, if that's the truth, then there, then it wasn't a fall; it was a setup. Mm-hmm. But the truth mm-hmm. is, Adam could have bound up that neckash and cried out to God and said, listen, this thing showed up, and I told him that you don't talk to my woman like that. You shut up. <laughs> and I Amen. And the that Almighty God gave me, now I'm crying out for God to come take care of you. Mm-hmm. And and see that? But Adam I, I, freaked I, I, out. And you know what? You're opening another can of worms about men and women and marriages, but sorry to interrupt you, but... Um, so Adam, I totally agree with you that if Adam would have taken his authority and and because Eve was underneath him, I mean she was his protect, you know he was to protect her, um, but I think he freaked, he panicked, and he got afraid and said, "Oh no, what if I lose her?" And then that fear of loneliness, which was the only thing he had ever experienced that was negative in his whole life until God gave him his wife, um, I think that the enemy pushed that little piece of idea through his mind and he. With her. I think it could be that, but I also think it could be because you know, the uh, the rabbis always teach, and I, I think it goes with this. You know, although Eve was the first one to eat, it's always mm-hmm. called the sin of Adam, mm-hmm. because the Bible says she was deceived. She thought it would be good. Adam didn't believe it was going to be good. He he knew, huh. and he wanted. And instead of him holding his authority, mm-hmm. he remained silent. And really, the silence of Adam is a very powerful mm-hmm. theological concept. So much so. That mm-hmm. in, in the Torah, I think it's in, uh, um, oh, I forgot what, it's either Exodus 30 or I'd, I'd have to look it up right, the, the address kind of uh, um, eludes me right now. But basically, uh, in the Torah it says, now if your wife goes, and, and or your daughter, if she's still on the yep, roof, yep, and yep. she goes, she makes a vow to God, yeah, and you disagree with it, because maybe maybe you know her heart was right, but her head was wrong, whatever. The mm-hmm. first time you hear of it, if you nullify it, heaven respects it. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. If you, if you keep your mouth shut and then later on say, well, I would have told you so, but nobody ever listens to me. God says, you know what, Jack? You kept your mouth shut the mm-hmm. first time you heard it. Now that sin's on you. It's not on her. It's on you, Jack, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. you're silent when you should have spoke up for the kingdom. Well, you know, you hit on something. You might need to write another book called The Silence of Adam because because the men in this society, in the church, uh, generalizing, not everybody, have kept silent. Uh, the, their women and the women have gone into, you know, becoming used by the enemy under the Jezebel, witchcraft, spirits, blah, 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 to run society, to run everything, to take control, to bind their husbands, to make the spiritual authority uh, so misaligned that now... Uh, everybody who practices witchcraft, a lot of there's a lot of backaches in the kingdom of God because we're out of alignment, um, because we're allowing the men are being silent. But I think part of that goes back to, and if you want to just peek at this for a second, when when Ahab knew, I don't know if he knew what Jezebel was doing when she took his ring and his stationery and wrote the letter to uh, to the elders of Naboth's community. I don't know if he knew all that, um, but yeah. he didn't. He he didn't take authority when he, whatever he just left to uh, left to do it and men today are not protecting their women it, it goes back to the to him not being deceived he went and had a little hissy fit and said you know i, I, I want that property he has but you know the torah says that it's supposed to stay within his family but i want it you know yeah and yeah, so Jeff yeah. said oh i'll take care of this mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh 
and instead of him being a man and saying, you know, maybe I don't necessarily need his land, but, you know, if I could get him to show me how he takes care of his vineyard, maybe my vineyard yeah. should be that great. Yeah, uh, there you but, go. I agree. But, and, know, and I Go ahead. No, even the way that we do church. Um, oh, yeah. The, we've turned it into a theater that the pastor mm-hmm. becomes the surrogate head of every household. The men sit there and be silent. And it causes the women to get wounded. That's one of the reasons that makes way for the for the women raising up because the men aren't doing their thing. And, but when we realize that the prophet and priest of, of every household is not your local pastor, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the man. Right. And that and God the, yeah. is supposed to be a priest. And what that pastor is supposed to do on Sunday morning is to basically be his coach mm-hmm. and to teach him how to move in the things of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. in his house in his life and then and then release him to that and whenever we do this right uh instead of because usually what happens is the men are silent they're silent Mm -hmm. they're silent they're building this resentment because things aren't working right they're frustrated the first time that something comes up with a difficulty with that pastor they're wanting to tar and feather him and it's not even that event it's though it may have been that five years of frustration because they have no spiritual place and so i think we really really need to rethink Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pastor, first of all, calls him to salvation, but then after that, he's like the football coach trying to, and he needs to begin training his star quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the players yeah. to get on that field and, and to be able to score a touchdown for the kingdom and their family is, is what he's called to do. And if we mm-hmm. would change our paradigm to where mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a place of, of empowering the men to do their stuff, mm-hmm. what, what a transformation that we'd have in, in, in the kingdom of God. Yeah, because the women are so vulnerable to that fear, which pro- provokes and promotes them to take control, fear of being abused, fear of being abandoned, da-da-da. So they, they, um, they take control of everything in the household, and then they, they, oh, I tell you what, I have just dealt with so much yeah. Jezebel stuff lately. It's just like, oh, my goodness, I should write a book on this. Uh, but, well, you know, the well, men become resentful then. And they don't. Yeah. They they resent their wives because their wives are taking an initiative or being active or seeking God. But the men have have chosen not to go with them, and so the women look like the spiritual heads. And and of course, then they get deceived, and then we go around around again and again with mess. Well, have you, you know? ever seen situations to where you know the the whole gripe is you know the woman's at church every time the door opens, and the whole time mm-hmm. it's pray for me, my husband's not walking with God, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The guy gets saved, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know. He's at church every time the door is open, and she quits going to church. There's this dichotomy back and forth, when in reality, if the man understands his priesthood and begins taking his authority, he gives the best place for that woman to flourish. Yeah, that's right. That's because right. And, and you're, you're for yeah. her in the rain, you know. Well, you know, and the interesting thing is, when God, and back to Genesis again, when God was, he said, came down in the cool of the day or whatever, he says, what's going on here? The woman, it says, and the Lord said to the woman, uh, what is this that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. She knew after the fact that she had been tricked. That she, that, so she blamed the devil and that was very accurate and God did not correct her for doing that. Um, but what did, what did, uh, when and when God asked Adam, then Adam to Adam, he said, uh, let's see. Um, no, what it's did the he woman. Say? <laughs> yeah, the woman you gave me, the woman you gave me. So that was the initiation of blame, blaming yeah. back and forth, um, justifying his, 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 his error and not 
taking that first initial opportunity to um, uh, say, you know, cancel out the agreement Eve had made with eating that fruit. And so I think he was mad at himself. But. Well, let's step back and set this thing back because, I mean, there was a conundrum for Eve because, you know, God spoke these words of authority to Adam. He mm-hmm. then creates Eve, and Eve is supposed to submit to, submit to Adam. And all she mm-hmm. knew was submission. She submitted to God when he showed up in the garden, and she submitted to Adam. Mm-hmm. And so here's another creature that comes into the garden, and all she knows is submission. Mm-hmm. That's why they're written up when, you know, when God said, your desire shall be unto your husband, yeah. it wasn't curse on her. He's saying, listen, quit listening to everything that comes down the road. Uh-huh. I'm just going to work on your man. <laughs> Uh-huh. And get him in the and 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 it's just you and me and him. Mm-hmm. Don't let don't let a third party come in here and mess this up. And so yeah. that really to me it wasn't a part of the curses. God was saying, let me set some more parameters in there and give you a little bit more definition of what how it's supposed to work. Oh yeah, a little more instruction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but the problem is now because there's been so much twisting and perverting, and Satan has taken so much opportunity with blaming the blaming, the uh, abdication, uh, the you know relinquishing, the abandoning of the family by the man, the woman, whatever. That this this whole thing now has become a curse because as women are having to submit to men who are absolutely out of control, unreasonable, uh, or on the other hand. You know they 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 practice witchcraft against their husband and drive him out of the house. I've seen it both ways. Um, so I think Jezebel is transgender. I don't think it's. I think it works both. And you know, within within our, my own personal experience, it was like you know, uh, I, I I was really anointed in the pulpit before God started working on me. But as far as having a, um, you know, I was bound up. I, I had a lot of ites that I had mm-hmm. never been taught how to take care of. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife came out of the background of witchcraft, so there's some things in her that kind of put me to sleep. But she also had a Jezebel spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God showed it to her, and then her and her sister talked about it, and they cast it out. And that thing was so real to them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, we have two daughters. In the middle mm-hmm. of the night, she got up and checked on both our daughters, and, and after she had cast that thing out and felt like there was a female missing in the home. Yeah, I because read that part that, of her book. It's was, amazing. That, that was so engraved. But what, what happened is when she really submitted to God, and, you know, I, I love God. I had just been in bondage. The moment she submitted to God and said, you know, God, I'm going to trust you because, you know, Mike does know you, but he's, you know, he needs a, a checkup from, from the neck up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The moment that she really submitted properly, God turned all his attention to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, if you, know, if you look like at where I am now, mm-hmm. Go ahead. to where I was then, the old Mike Lake died somewhere. And I sure like the new Mike Lake mm-hmm. because because Christ has done the work and I've been able to drive out so many of the ites. You know, every once in a while I'll still run across one, but I know mm-hmm. now I mark that thing and say, you know what, God, right? I'm pointing my laser beam right here would be a perfect place for a smart bomb. <laughs> well, again, going back to what you said earlier, you, you mark the place of resistance, uh, the attitude yeah. that develops, the uh, the lie that you're believing, the excuse you're making. Um, and or the distraction. Sometimes those res- the resistance is clouded over by you know by um, distractions. You know the phone rings or you know you've got to go off to work and you don't take the time to meditate or your work schedule is so busy or whatever. But going back to um, you know the the leadership that the men take, and I think uh, it's very important to understand that God made them 
uh, male and he, you know, there's in the church in, in the body of Christ, there's neither male nor female, but we're all one in Christ Jesus. That we all have souls. We can be super soldiers for Jesus Christ as men or women, uh, boys or girls. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a certain age or a certain sex to be in the army. Um, but at the same but time, that characteristics. Right, exactly. And I think uh, our roles are different. And I think if the men will lead, the women will submit. But the women also have very important things to do, even in the house, in the household, as you think about it. They raise the children, they set the atmosphere, they, they prepare the food, the nourishment for the family, usually. Um, and, and they make an atmosphere that is healthy and safe and uh, in, in respecting their husband and honoring him. Uh, that safety trickles down and then the children grow. So everybody has their place, and even in the body of Christ, there were prophetesses, there were prophets um, in the New Testament. Uh, you you know, know, and Eve, go ahead. Eve has something that's very unique that I think we overlook, because if this thing's working right, as Adam is moving in his authority and doing what he's supposed to do in the earth, okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. like the uh, man has wide shoulders because he he is able to withstand the load, if you will, and to mm-hmm. produce something. But then woman has the ability to take what the man produces and she multiplies it. Ah, I like it. Because, or so she can it, subtract it, it, it too. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she can. can, but I mean, if this thing's working right, you know, if mm-hmm, Adam's mm-hmm. doing it right, he's bringing stuff home worth reproducing. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the, 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 the inherent ability of a woman is to take that and to cause it to flourish and to multiply it. Right, the virtuous woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Never thought. Never it's thought about good. that. She, it's good. <laughs> it's good. If they work together, it it becomes. But you know, that's one of the places of the devil's most furious attack is in the marriage bond and and in bringing about breaking up, breakups of marriages, families, because that's the way you can get to the kids, and that all operates and flourishes through. I think what started in the garden, you know, um, and men need to be encouraged to get back to their rightful place before God. And I don't really know if it means that first the woman has to admit she's, you know, like in your particular case, that's great because, you know, there was a revelation to your wife uh, and then God turned his attention on you. Um, I each one of us has to take responsibility for where we are. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But, but you know, he can he can wake them both up simultaneously. He can wake up one and then the other. But the thing is, once mm-hmm. once God touches you with the grace to wake up, go ahead and wake up and begin to move forward. Amen. I mean, that, that that's a, a precious gift. Yeah, so, so and you think you're you're in a cesspool. Here's a rope. Let me help right. you pull out. And then we say, Oh, I don't want the rope. Come on, yeah. guys. I'll do it myself. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be uh, yeah. this thing. I think I can tread for another 20. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'm used you know, to this now. This is my life. It is what it is. I hate that little thing. It is what it is. You've just given permission to everything that is to continue. And, you know, that goes back to the agreements that we make with the lies and the generational patterns of iniquity. And so it's very interesting how everything is connected. Everything goes together. Um, so, yeah, it's like, uh, so I don't know uh, from this point on, the remnant is going to do exploits in the name of Jesus if we what? What are some of the things as you kind of summarize? What does the remnant need to do? I would say I'll start out the list by saying I really believe we need to spend time in the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God. Uh, not maybe reading big portions of it at once, but just meditating on that piece that you're on 
um, to get yeah. your direction from the Lord. What what would you say? Uh, what in else? Fact, I'm, I'm, like, let, let's say God's working on one area of your life because there's, there's a stronghold that you need to wash out and uh-huh. overcome. And uh-huh. so you look at the verses, you may you may take out the power verse, all right? The the one that has the, you know, don't don't you know try to look for BDs when when you you, you need a one five five howitzer show. Okay, go ahead and find that that power verse. Okay. Even type it out in a three by five card, and and stick it in your pocket and four or five day four or five times a day. Just read the thing and mull it over in your spirit and try to look at it from every angle. How would that work? What is God saying? And then mm-hmm. just let that thing go over. And, and, and the whole time you're doing that, it, it's like, you know, God, when I looked at this, here's that really, here's that perfect piece of, of the steak that you gave me. And mm-hmm. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit there and I'm going to chew that thing and let it digest so that I can get every bit mm-hmm. of, of flavor and the nutrients out of it that you want me to do. And as you mm-hmm. do that, the Holy Spirit, you know, because I, I think we, we, we think, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read 15, 15 chapters a day. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you, you've missed the point. You take that one that one key mm-hmm. verse, and you just let it marinate, and you, you mm-hmm. let that thing, you, you let that thing begin. Because what you're doing is you're planting a seed, and every time you go back over it, you're watering and fertilizing that mm-hmm. seed and because see. you want that thing to grow. Yeah, and, you want the that, revelation from it. Yeah. And then you want that revelation from it because you know you may you may need you know. Uh, you, you don't need a 22 shell. You need a 357 Magnum to take down what you're going to take down. So you let that Amen. thing grow to the place that it can help you bring down that stronghold. Because mm-hmm. bringing down the stronghold, there's, there's two things. It's what I call uh, displacement theology. I've got to displace the devil. So what I've got to do <laughs> is not only clean out that area, but, but and here, here's where we fail. It's just like on a computer. Let's say I, I have a corrupted file, and I mm-hmm. delete that file. Unless I override it with something else on the hard drive, it can always be undeleted. Oh. And so okay. if I if I don't write that area over with the truth of God, once I get that area cleared, all I've done is provided a fertile area for the enemy to come back and undelete what I just tried to delete. Oh. Oh interesting. So that, See, I know we're I know we're yep, computers. That's what we are. <laughs> well, well we are well. Very, very few people don't realize that the, the uh, your mind was the model they used for developing the computer. The computer I, screen, it's mm-hmm. your conscious mind, your uh, your your subconscious mind is all the processes that are running and RAM in the background, and your unconscious mind is the hard drive. So it was actually divide, divided or, or designed to be to mimic the way that our own psyche is, is was made up by God. Interesting and and crazy true, but so you know taking down um, displacement theology, I like it, uh, and and so the, the thing is to fill that place up with the revelation of God's truth, or let His Holy Spirit. And here's another thing I find a lot of people do wrong, is they take on the job of their own sanctification. I believe that the Holy Spirit has been sent, particularly as a new set of software, a new program that operates if we're so willing willing and choosing to follow him, he has come to lead us into all truth and triumph. And so when I, um, you know, I'm not here to figure out how to follow God and even discern or, or, or disseminate the word of God. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to me. And then I submit, I surrender, I follow Jesus. And it's not up yeah. to me. Nothing's up to me. And so when I wake up in the morning, he said earlier about giving the devil a migraine by the end of the day. Uh, and, and that, you know, uh, you know, 
whose problem is this? I say, God, it's all your problem. It's everything. I'm your yeah. problem. This thing is your problem. Uh, what, I'm your servant. What did you want me to do today? What was the list? You know, I was raised oh, with absolutely. a father and, who every morning and, he'd get uh, up, at, he'd, he'd, set us, he'd set us all around the table, and he'd say, here's your list, here's your jobs for the day. And I mean, he was a drill sergeant. So I like lists. <laughs> God, tell me what you want me to do. I mean, I don't like lists, actually. I hate lists, but I like God telling me what to do, and that takes the pressure off me trying to be perfect and figure it out. Well, so, let's look at this. Sanctification is both instantaneous and progressive, and it's the job of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, if, if the devil can't, let's say, stop you from attacking strongholds, what he'll do is to get you to attack them in the wrong order or mm-hmm. to attack mm-hmm. the wrong ones that you're not prepared to handle first. Because mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit will do in His grace is, okay, okay, you're you're about seven years old in the faith, and you can take on this stronghold. And so by doing that, you gain expertise and understanding, so that I could, because it's a journey, mm-hmm. and, and each of the journey, we're increasing in skill, we're increasing in ability, we're increasing mm-hmm. in faith, mm-hmm. all these things. And so if the devil can't, you know, the, mm-hmm. the devil will get you to maybe pass up all the molehill, small strongholds that mm-hmm. you really need to be learning experiences for you and he he wants you to storm that castle which where you're at right now is impossible for you to yeah. do yeah man and, that, and then we get discouraged so, the Holy spirit take you on this journey because yeah. it's the walk it's not an event it's this mm-hmm. walk with god that is he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory that that he he is he's is growing us up and the more the 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 the, the more we're free the more we understand him and trust him, mm-hmm. the, the greater dragons, if you will, that we can take on and bring down. And I think, too, along with that, the devil will try to set up in us a kind of a spiritual analysis. He, he uses our soul, takes us to our soul to make an evaluation of how well I'm doing in the spirit, and then comes up causing me to compare myself with someone else or with myself where I think I should be by now, and cre- creates this kind of a uh, discouragement or this uh, uh, aggravation or sense of uh, unrest inside. And so then he he kind of provokes us to uh, take on matters. Like you said, we're trying to take the castle down and I haven't even learned how to, you know, do the molehills yet. And so, but we're, and so we can't look at other people. You can't look at where they're at. You know, maybe you've been struggling, maybe somebody's been struggling for a long time with an addiction or something, and they say, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be doing this anymore, blah, 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 blah. And they become condemned and feel bad because they haven't been able to overcome it because the church says, well, just try harder, use a little self-control, self, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we don't realize this thing may be enmeshed and embedded in your very frequency of your body. And I don't know how I'm going to manage my frequencies personally. But anyway... So I have to give that over to the Lord and say, you know, it's really all again about surrender. God, have mercy on me. God, I can't do this. God, you know, deliver me from this evil, from this lie. Uh, turning it constantly back over to the Lord and through the Holy Spirit, let him do the work in you. It's a lot easier and it gets a lot more done faster, too. So what yeah, do you and what, I, what I have discovered, it, it may have taken me 10 years to walk into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it may take me a year or two to walk out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and we get impatient, and we think it should be all instant, and it is a walk. It is This is not the finished product. We are on our way. It's like you said, it's a journey. It's it's a, it's a walk. It's not an event. Um, and, so, and the, yeah. the thing, too, that with, with getting and looking at other people, what I have found in, in the body of Christ, especially in, in modern Christianity, we never share our struggles. We only share our victories. 
And then it looks like our life is perfect, and everybody says, oh, man, I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, this guy is sharing this victory, and he, what he's not sharing with you is it took 40 years for God to get him there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, and you know, the, the, yeah. Your struggle is bad. <laughs> well, and you know, the thing is, too, I think with people like yourself, and I'll say, I'll add myself into that, too. I've been with the Lord for over 40 years, and the things that took me 40 years to learn, I can write down and show you what they are and give you, you know, you can learn it more quickly if you get this. And I think part of it is just giving people the right understanding of the Word of God and exactly what you talked about today, uh, the the um, the conflict, the war between God and Satan and all that we've talked about today is really the right, the big picture. It is the right way to look at it. Plus, you filled in a lot, a lot of details. It's like you're painting this big picture, but you put a lot of details in place for us today. Um, and I know we could go on and on, and I'd love to do that, but I know you've got other things you want to do. But could you give us just a few more minutes of anything you want to say about anything that is on your heart to say, and then tell us about you know what you're doing right now and uh, how people can access you and your your websites and stuff. But first of all, anything else we didn't cover that you want to just say? Well, I I just want to touch on something you were kind of heading toward. You know, I'm ex-military. I was in in the Army when I was younger. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I found that the best instructors, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're going through boot camp or advanced training, is not the guy that just has book learning. Mm -hmm. You, you you, You want to get the old soldier, the old sergeant major, Mm-hmm. who has been in, in several deployments that has that has survived the onslaught of the enemy. And, and he's the mm-hmm. one that you want to listen to, not some young lieutenant that everything he has is simply out of a textbook that he read. Mm-hmm. And I think right now what's happening is like with you, me, and so many others in the body of Christ, we're, we're the old soldiers. Mm-hmm. We've been through stuff. And if the body of Christ would realize that our place is to train you for the warfare that, that's ahead, mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to make all the difference in the world. I don't want you to have to walk through what I walked through. Amen. <laughs> I want you to learn from it and implement it without going through the stuff because really, you know, Mary and I, in our own life, we talk about the real turning point for us was having a witch crawl in the van and attack my family. Mm-hmm. And us having gone through a time of the occult trying to attack us and kill us and all this stuff, that was a turning point because everything moved from theory to reality. Yeah, I don't want anybody yeah. else to ever have to go through this. So let this old soldier come in and tell you what I learned during the battles Amen. so that mm-hmm. you can learn them now so maybe you won't have to go through them. Amen. And I, I think that's what you're doing with your show. And I mm-hmm. think that's what's it. Each, each one of us have our portion of, of the ministry of Jesus to, to mm-hmm. bring that to the body of Christ. That's why the, the ultimate solution to victory is surrender. Yes. Oh, I, I like that. I surrender to his grace. I surrender to his instruction. I surrender to what to the good that these old soldiers are trying to bring because I, you know, I'm getting to the place where I'm getting ready to go through God's boot camp, and I want someone that's been through some stuff mm-hmm. to, to teach me, and, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to allow the strongholds to argue with them. Uh, mm-hmm. I want the body of Christ to come up beside me and say, let me show you how to take this hill down. Let me, let me show yes. you how to, to yes. do this. Not let's, not let's fight over whether this hill exists or not. Let's take it down, you know, so that's what I'm right. like to say. So, and, and so that's yes, really anything kind of, else? That's kind of, well, that's kind of where I'm headed. One of the things, you know, we, we uh, I, I think that the Shiner Directive required an answer, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm currently writing a book called The Shirarith Imperative, and Shirarith is Hebrew for the remnant. 
that there ha- that heaven is going to answer to what the enemy's doing. Mm-hmm. And that answer is going to be manifested in those that completely surrender Jesus and, and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Amen. And so the, the the upcoming one, I mean, we're going to look at some more things the enemy has done, but at the same time, uh, it, it's going to be almost like a spiritual warfare manual. God is empowering mm-hmm. the remnant in unprecedented ways Amen. in this generation. And I not only want to be a part of it, but I want to bring as many people as possible to become a part of it. I want you to so know God that if Satan himself appeared before you in all his glory, that you wouldn't be deceived. You say, Amen. that isn't God. I know God, and I know Amen. that's not him. That's where Amen. I want all of us. Amen. I totally agree. And I think the practical part of that, and I totally endorse what you're saying, the practical part of that is is maybe God leading us, and how, does, how do we um, get this information out to the young ones, the the ones who are probably going to actually end up going to the war, uh, you know, because we're getting, you know, we're in the war, we're training people for the war. But how do we do that? Through books, through radio shows, through um, blogs, through uh, conferences, through camps, through boot camp. I mean, uh, you know, it's time that God will, and I and I pray that you'd pray with us, guys, that God will show uh, people like Dr. Michael Lake and myself and my husband and his wife and various other people how to, you know, disseminate this information among the masses what you can do to help is get on dr lake's website get involved um find out how you can support how you can help um how you can learn and how you can tell other people about these good watering holes you know the water here is good it's true it's 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 the word and so that's what i would say to those who are listening today and will be listening and if you have any other um ways that you can rise up and take your place. Um, I know I, I just get a little, the word would be, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm eager to help people find their place in God because I know that that the two or four or 12 of us aren't going to do this alone. We're not the remnant, you know. We're just a little tiny remnant of the remnant. So, so Dr. Lake, give us your websites. The, uh, the main one that for this purpose is KingdomIntelligenceBriefing.com, and that's where we have our podcast, articles, uh, videos. Uh, where I'm also beginning to make available a lot of the courses that I taught uh, for the seminary. You can now just buy the materials and take this for your own personal uh, enrichment and walk with God. Uh, then if you're called the ministry, uh, Biblical-Life.com is the seminary one. But, you know, I, I think that all of us, because I'm, I'm hearing the same passion in you that I, that I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm not writing an article, I'm doing an interview. If I'm not doing an interview, I'm doing a podcast. If I'm not mm-hmm. doing a podcast, I'm writing a book. And when I'm not writing a book, I'm teaching and editing a video, trying to get it up on YouTube, because there's this driving passion, I think, between, but with those that are really listening and seeking with God, there is an urgency and an anointing to just get as much out there as possible because the need is great. And uh, I, I encourage you, know, if, if God leads you to support us, but they also need to support like Rescue Radio, and there's so many others that are that are striving to get the information into the hands of the people so they can be equipped for the days ahead. And that's where our kingdom investments ought to be, at both in, in you know getting everything that we can out of what they're teaching and really dig in and study and put the time and then if, if we receive from it, see, that's where the, you know, the tithe and love gifts and all that go. It, it, it's biblically, it's where you're being fed. Uh-huh. And it's where you're empowered. 
And, you know, we need to quit investing in people that promise us that five angels are going to show up to our house if we give and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And yeah. we'll give to where we're being spiritually imparted the wisdom and, and the things of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And if we do, it actually opens us up to receive more. Because mm-hmm. I think when it talks about the windows of heaven opening up in Malachi, that's mm-hmm. revelation knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Amen. I, yeah. More. Totally. Totally. I agree with you. I think the people need to be encouraged. And um, it's, you know, a, a Jesus had a one-on-one ministry with people. There were individuals, the woman at the well, you know, the various disciples. There was a one-on-one ministry with people. But there's also then um, times when he had the 5,000 together and he was teaching in mass like that. So um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. And I thank you for being so diligent to do the work that God's called you to do. Uh, and the information, the books, the the podcast, and uh, thank you for finding us on Rescue Radio, Doctor Lake, and for um, uh, maybe we can, you know, I think I need to try to find some other places to get out there myself. But uh, but yeah. anyway, um, maybe someday we'll do a conference together. You know, you're in Missouri, yeah. I'm in Minnesota. We could have it in Iowa. <laughs> And I'm also looking at, at the book that you gave me. I think we're going to set up this collateral rating for one of our counseling courses. So uh, we want to, we want to bless you and, and make the wisdom that God's poured into you. We want to make that available to our students too. Well, thank you. That that book is called Cravings. By the way, it just got we're just uh, releasing that now. And um, yeah, liferecovery.com. You can find it there. But uh, okay, I don't know. This is so awesome. But I hate to say goodbye. But you probably go have to do some writing and teaching and blogging and who knows what else. But um, let's do it again, shall we? Someday, you know, you said you're going to get this book out by September. Uh, it, it's going to be in his hands. It's going to be in Dr. Horn's hands by September. But oh. it probably by the time they, they go through the process of publishing and everything, it'll probably be the first of the year next year before it's out. Okay. Okay. So you're going to hopefully get, by the way, that's another good resource is uh, Skywatch TV, Dr. Tom Horn. Uh, he's a good resource for all the mostly more the external stuff, not to say he doesn't believe in the internal uh, deception, but we've talked today a lot about that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so outward apostasy, inward deception. Well, God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for every word that's been said today. You are God. We are so proud to serve you and to serve in your army and to do exploits and to train up the remnant to know their God and to do those exploits, Father God. And we're not being arrogant. It's just what we got to do. It's just imperative. And so we pray for a blessing in Dr. Michael Lake and his lovely family, that you continue to give them good health, excellent revelation, uh, continued strength and energy to do all these things. Uh, we praise you and thank you for this, his great uh, giving to us in this way, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and the rest of you all be blessed too and join, join us next week. I think we're going to talk more about, uh, a little bit more about Jezebel. And uh, the Enoch Syndrome. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? for your